This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The transfer window is open and the first person through the door is Jack Taylor. Here is our reaction. So here we go, Joe, into the window, Jack Taylor in. Just give me your, we'll go into detail, just give me your first sort of feelings on the deal. Well, it's, it's one that's been ongoing for a long time, isn't it? I think even on Twitter yesterday, there was all the talk in January, but on Twitter yesterday, Darren McCampany mentioned that he'd been down at Portman Road for a tour of the stadium even in January. So we obviously got very close to getting him over the line at that point. And it always felt like one we were going to go back in for. I know some people were talking about, um, oh, well, now we're in the championship, are we going to be looking at different players? But I, like, I was a bit like that. I'll hold my hands up. Yeah, but when you, I think when you're going sort of up to two million quid for someone in January, it's with a view to the next couple of years. And Mark Ashton has previously spoken about how they were they're recruiting the same players whether they're in the Championship or League One. And I think he's just one that fits into that. There's sort of a reliable poster on TWTD. He says that McKenna and Taylor have been talking all through the summer. It seemed like one that was just always going to happen. And finally, he gets his man. And like George Hurst, these long pursuits of generally turned out well for us is this one as long as the Hurst one because this was we started hearing about Jack Taylor last summer didn't we it feels like a similar sort of length sign doesn't it yes it does yeah and it's it's one that every time we've played Peterborough you've noticed McKenna Rene Gilmartin who I think worked with Taylor and the Irish on the 21 setup and okay. it's a key part of the uh, management team at, at Portman Road they, they spend a lot of time speaking to him. And so he's just a player that he obviously has the attributes that they want. And you looked, I say, unfortunately, no one's put a Y Scout video together of his last two years. But when you look back at the one that's doing the rounds, I think it's 18, 19 season, showing his sort of first half season at Peterborough in his time at Barnet, you can see the type of player he is. And we've obviously seen it against us in the, in the League One playoffs over the last few weeks. And it's just, it's just that type of player that they obviously know exactly what they want profile-wise. And he fits that perfectly. I'll let you describe what that is in just a second, Joe. Let's just get his um, dashboard up there. So 25 years old, so nice, good age there. You can see 
well, if you look on the right, if you're watching on YouTube, apologies if you're listening on the podcast, just the thing that jumped off the page before we hit record, Joe, that surprised me, 250 games already at 25, which is... There's only 25 on Friday, wasn't he? So... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, just excellent. Uh, last three seasons in... Um, sorry, excuse me. Um, obviously, he was in the championship with the posh, 34 games there. And talking about consistency, last season, 46 games. We love to see that. Usually get that from keepers, maybe the odd centre-back, but not many central midfielders. 15 goal contributions. And there's another, actually, there's another two in um, that playoff uh, epic two-legger with Sheffield Wednesday. So that's the, the, the data exclusively, Joe, tells us it's a very experienced for his age central midfielder. Um capable of certainly output goal-wise. So when you mentioned profile, what's what's your sort of take on his profile? Well, I think one of the key things is the versatility as well, isn't it? That he's he's played deeper for a lot of his career. So when you look at his goal numbers throughout his career, they, they don't jump off the page. But it seemed like last season when Darren Ferguson came in in January, he he freed him up to play a much more advanced role. Norburn returned at the same time to sit, didn't he? Yeah, sit deep and yeah, and push him on. And it shows that he's a player who was probably well. I, do we want to talk about Darren McCamphrey's tweet about him? Yeah, he's yeah. He talks about how he was their best player. He was a player that drove them on to to the playoffs from that January window where they keep kept hold of him in the second half of the season. He was magnificent, and I think that's a a line that you're going to hear all posh fans saying as well about him. He's just he just stepped up a gear and. I think when you see, I think the Sheffield Wednesday first leg is probably the the best example of how he played. And it's just those lung-busting runs, getting ahead of the strikers, getting on the ball, being able to take the ball in tight situations in his own half, being able to have that turn of pace to beat a player, to break a line, both sort of dribbling the ball and passing the ball through the lines as well. He's just a very forward-focused player and he's got a I'd say a lot of ability. He's got a great strike on him. And I'd say it's just that energy you see that getting up and down the pitch. And I think it's for the, when it, just looking purely at the Sheffield Wednesday game, the third goal, he's he's the one breaking head of the strikers, getting into the box, doesn't make the head of that time. The fourth time, he's the furthest player forward, gets a great shot on goal, keeper saves it. He's the one that picks the ball up and has that calmness of mind to stand the ball up to the back post to where Clark Harris is and pick up a great assist. And it's just that, I'd like to say he's just young, experienced, talented, athletic. It's sort of all the stuff that we look for in players at the moment. And I think the key thing, Joe, as well is with um, the the players they've really invested money in, Davis, Broadhead, Clark, and now Taylor, it's all about building up the asset base on the balance sheet, assuming it all goes well and their values all increase. And then come a year's time, hopefully already with, particularly with Davis, you know, the the value would be um, increasing. It kind of fits into that um, mould, doesn't he, of, a, of an asset that could appreciate with, you know, maybe one or two good championship seasons. Yeah, absolutely. If, if we have the season we all want us to have in the championship next year, as in pushing at that top part of the league, and he's one of the key players in that, which is presumably why he's been signed, then... That value of the talking of a fee of just shy of one and a half million, it seems to be. Reported. We're very much in undisclosed, allegedly, and we will come on to Darren McCantney's tweets yeah. um, with all this, aren't we, Joe? And but, like I say, if you can prove yourself, you look at someone like George Savile, for example, when he left Millwall to go to Middlesbrough, six and million. 
yeah, and I think it might have even been a bit more than that. And he wasn't that much when he went back there, put it that way. But well, I remember that season well, Joe. I think they finished eighth. Yeah, and that's and if you prove you can play at the top end of that league, and you've got these well-off parachute teams who just want some players that can come in and hit the ground running and give them that championship experience, then these are the sort of players that can go from there. They they don't all need to be going to the Premier League to make a big profit on them. There's a lot. There's a lot of money being spent by the teams that come down as well. Yeah, yeah, and we're, I think we're going to see that in the coming weeks when the, the names we always mention when Southampton will need to replace Ward, Prowse and Leicester, Madison, and maybe not going to go and get, well, actually been linked with Harry Winks today, so maybe they are going to get a Premier League player, but um, you never, never know. Right, so talk to me then, Joe, about how he sort of fits in, because I've been a big proponent of you need to have the capacity to do your two-man midfield, and let's be fair, the post-Valentine's Day streak, we pretty much attacked for most of every game, didn't we? And you could you could have the two-man midfield of um, Morsi and Luongo with, you know, sort of ended up 4-2-3-1, didn't it, with, you know, three ahead of them. That's not going to be as easy in the championship for sure, isn't it? There's going to be teams that will low block you with far better quality than um, defensive-wise and structure and even player for player than you got in League One. And there's going to be teams where we're not going to have the ball and you can't sit there with a with a two-man central midfield. Is he kind of a good solution in respects of if you wanted to go straight 4-3-3 and he can join up, that's fine. If you wanted to go, I don't know, against a parachute team with a back three and maybe a, you know, maybe a, a front two and a three-man midfield in that respect, is that how you see him being able to do the the kind of two roles in midfield? I think, yeah, this is what we said earlier about the versatility that he can play in that deeper role. So he can play alongside a Morsey or a Luongo in, in that deeper role when we do play a two because he has got the tenacity to his game, the physicality and the ability to get up and down the pitch to do that. But also, like you say, in, in those games where we're not going to be dominating the ball and we might need to put a third player in midfield, he has got that engine to get up and down. And almost because you almost need the same skill set as what you do in the two as you do in the three but with a little bit more attacking-wise to it. But I think he will have that. But it's got that's probably the most interesting area of the team, isn't it? Because we played through the first half of last season with sort of Sam Morsey and Lee Evans in there as a two. Lee Evans, generally the one sitting deeper, spraying the ball about, and Morsey the one getting up and down the pitch. But it didn't seem to... Whilst it worked well at the start of the season, whenever we came up against a better team with more mobile players in midfield, we did seem to struggle a little bit there. And then in the second half of the season, it's just... You had it almost seemed more important that you had players who were physically capable of winning their battles and being good on the ball as opposed to being good physically and excellent on the ball. You sort of needed the the actual the off ball ability seemed to be more important than the on ball ability in that midfield. As long as your on ball ability was to a certain standard, which it which it was with Massimo Luongo and Sam Morsi. So it is a it's a difficult one to see, but I I think if you started the season tomorrow. You'd be looking at Sam Morsey and Jack Taylor in there as a two, I think, because every, everything works around that. Otherwise, I always find Joe the um, I'm all for splitting up midfields, and if you check our Telegram exclusive with Matt Holland, he speaks about this far better than I ever could in terms of you know one person doing job A and one person doing job B. My favourite midfielders, and we we used to get torn apart by Kenny and Johansson and McDonald by. Um, Fulham and 
I, d- I dare re- remember a East Anglian derby where Norwich did it to us as well, where all of the midfielders could do all of the jobs. Yeah. yeah, and that's that, I suppose, is the excitement. Um, we don't want to get into, I'm, I'm very keen on the pod to always avoid everything brilliant, uh, you know, everything amazing, you know, our SHIT don't, don't stink, etc. So for the people that aren't necessarily into this transfer, I assume the reason why they wouldn't be is A, it's a target, as you mentioned, that we had in in League One. And, you know, do you now fish in a different pond? That could be a good thing. But as you point out, it could also be a good thing to stick with your targets if they're long-term targets. And B, he's um, coming from a team in League One. So um, do you understand that? I've seen some some pushback or is it just familiarity that it's not a not a new name to people and one we've known for ages what's your what's your kind of response to um you know we, we don't want to be this is a brilliant sign and everything brilliant brilliant deal brilliant 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 um, what's your response to the kind of um the you know the slight pushback you get on every signing i guess sometimes maybe people get bored of targets as well don't they when you hear you hear the same name linked for so long and it and it was all through the january window we've linked to him and it has been since the end of the season, there's been an expectation he's just going to sign for us. And maybe, I don't know, you sometimes talk yourself out of signings rather than into them when, when things are I think that's what I did, to be fair. Yeah. Think, well, if we haven't signed him now, why why didn't we sign him then? And and I think there were good reasons. And I, I think it was sort of well covered, effectively, that Peterborough wanted to try and push for promotion last year. And when you look at it, I know they didn't get over the line, but when you after their first leg win against Sheffield Wednesday, when they're 4-0 up from there, I think everyone concluded that they made the right decision by not cashing in on any assets in January. And But it's just, I, I do think, I, I don't generally like to just say, well, they're the football people, they know more about it than we do. But I think when you've got someone like Kieran McKenna and his recruitment team, which is now fully up and running, and the guys, like I say, he's got someone like Rene Gilmartin in his... He's going to mention the recruitment room. In his, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the black box recruitment room, but the um, but someone in his management team has worked with Taylor as well, and this is one that we've done our homework on, and I think I think the management team have probably earned enough trust in their dealings so far that you you just got to go with them on this one, and I don't normally like to say that because I think it's quite an easy, it's an easy out to say oh well they yeah. they know what they're doing better than we do, and there are times when when you look at it and. For example, and I don't want to criticise him because he hasn't played yet. But Panuche Kamara, you hear about him, and he says, "Oh, when did you when did you find first hear the, about the interest?" And it's like, "Oh, transfer deadline day. I got a call in the morning and I had to get up here and sort it out." And you think, "Well, yeah, that's that's very different to tracking a player for months and months, speaking to him, bringing him to the ground in January, speaking to him over the summer. This is this is as a surefire of a signing as you're going to make." with regards to him doing what we want him to do. It might not be enough. It might not work. We might end up having to go down a different route, but he's been signed with a very specific purpose in mind. And and that signing is one that everyone in the club is fully behind, which hopefully speaks volumes. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. 
If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, I should have pushed you five minutes ago on... um, So you're seeing it as Luongo kind of starting on the bench, possibly at um, Sunderland. I'd say so at the moment. I think... Like, obviously, Luongo was brilliant for, through the second half of last season. Him and Morsey had a really good partnership. But I know he's, he's had his injury issues in the past. But effectively, we've only given him a one-year contract. If, if there was a, if there was a real belief that he's going to be our long-term starter in there, you'd be looking to have put in a two or three-year contract, wouldn't you? And I think the fact it's one year probably suits both of us that he's going to come in and there's going to be a hell of a competition in there and. No doubt he'll start a lot of games for us next and season. And we can play all three of them, Joe. And you can play all three of them. And there, there are going to be times when you need to, maybe not like in League One when you when you're playing against a, a Morecambe, a Forest Green, or an Accrington. When you when you're tuning up in those games, you can just keep your foot on the throat and try and crack your goal difference down. But if you're tuning up and you're playing away at Leicester, you're going to want to be doing something to try and shut that game down, aren't you? Because they're going to be they've Two got nil up no, away at Leicester. I'll take it, Joe. Yeah, but, but you know what I mean. In in those games, if you if you get into a position where you've got a really good lead, control you the game. You can't just keep going for it because they have the quality to hurt you. Where some of these teams, you, you know that they don't have the quality to hurt you, and you can just keep going. And they're they're the times when you've got a player with that experience, you can just come in and help shut games down for you. Let's talk about um, Dara McAntony then, who. Um, is very Marmite. So I'll give the two views I've heard about his um, his piece to camera. So on the one hand, you get the people that buy every word of it. Oh, great honesty. You know, amazing. How refreshing this is to see an owner doing this. On the other hand, you get the people that say, I don't believe a single word of this. Um, where are we with this? Because um, I watched a lot of professional wrestling when I was growing up and they always said it was best when the guy's half in character and half telling the truth and you kind of don't quite know where the line is. And when I watched that, Dara McAntony, I'm like, this is like a professional wrestling promo. This he, He's kind of in character, but he's also probably telling the truth. And I don't know where one begins and one ends. Obviously, he's got to get, uh, to use an American politics term, he's, he's got to reach his base, hasn't he, and make them feel like, They've got the best deal and, um, you know, he's bigged up the player, et cetera, et cetera, and pulled all the pressure on um, on on us now with the Ivan Tony comparison. Um, I think I'm down the middle on it. Um, what, what's your take on, on Dara's um, monologue? 
Um, to be fair, I, I do quite like Dara and I do listen to his podcast. But you, I think if you're a sensible football fan who follows the game as closely as we do and a lot of our listeners do, you, you know where the line is with him. You know, you know what he's trying to achieve when he's saying stuff. And it's very different when he's talking players up and like Ronnie Edwards is the one who's spoken up. And, and it's like that is because he is a salesman. And like your wrestling analogy, they're salesmen and they're trying to, whether it be actual money in for a player for Dara or whether it's getting viewers to watch in the in the wrestling analogy. But I think there's no there's no real need for him to be as praising as he is of Jack Taylor as a player and his quality now because he's not selling him anymore. He sold him. If he wanted to go on Twitter and do a two minute message saying brilliant, I'm so pleased for him. He's a great guy. He's got a great deal. He's really deserved it. Um Peterborough have got a great deal as a club, which is what he's got to say to his fan base, whether it's whether it's true or not. And joke to possible players who might want to come and join. You know, you can yeah. be the next. We I'm made him a promise around. in January, and that promise has yeah, now exactly, been kept yeah. in the summer. So he's he's got a message, and he's not giving that message to Ipswich fans. He's giving that message to Peterborough fans and people who are interested in Peterborough. And sometimes I think football fans need to remember that, like when when like when a manager's doing a press conference, he's talking to his own fans, not to the. Football in general is just things can go wider now, but like, there's no need for him to be as praising of he is of how good he's how good he is how good he can be how good a season he's had for them because the deal is done now and I I, I agree with him I think he I think he's a player that is is going to be a good championship player yeah he's he's not going to be the best central midfielder outside the Premier League which Dara said but he might push up push up like that and you you see some of the players in the in the championship. And I think, well, you're top players and top teams, but you don't look like you've got a huge amount about you other than character, physicality, and just being able to do the right things at the right times. And Taylor looks like a player who can do that for us. And yeah, I think it's all it's all positive what Dara says. Yeah, there's there's going to be the talk about the deal. There was. Yeah, what's, what's, your, what's your take on what's your take on that? Because um, and again, we're not going to pretend we know. I haven't seen the deal and. Uh, Stuart Watson and Phil Hamm both went sort of 1.5 million and then Dara's giving it the old wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, yeah, I reckon it was way more than that, blah, blah, blah. But what are your thoughts? Well, I, I tend to trust our local media. So if they're saying it's just under 1.5, I'd, I'd believe them on that. I might even be a bit lower. There might be part, There might be a part of that which is rolled up in appearances and things like that, which he can then point to as, oh, the fee's bigger, where well, we can say it's smaller and there's top-ups. Yeah, there's the fee and the, then there's the deal, isn't there? Yes, we have to talk about the difference in size of clubs and budgets as well. Because when he says, oh, there's a a big amount of money coming our way if it was to get promoted to the Premier League, and we say it's a small amount, well, that might be, if that's 500,000, for example, that is a big amount of money to Peterborough, isn't it? That's a, for, for a size of their budget, that's a, that's a big chunk of money to add it to add into their budget. But for us, 500,000, if you get promoted to the Premier League, is... Is peanuts, isn't it? You're, you're paying that well, when you're picking up a hundred million pounds on TV. Speak to a, Joe, speak to a Leicester or a Saints fan, they're going to say a good deal for one of those England players is 70 million, isn't it? And yeah, you know, we're, so it's, it's all relative, isn't it? So, but yeah, if, if the fee, I, I guess you're looking to somewhere around 1.5 or just under for that 500 grand if you get promoted to the Premier League and maybe a 10 15 percent sell on fee. Well, that's that's a good deal for them because if he goes on and does well and if he just get promoted and he gets a, a move later down the line, that deal that starts at one point five million could end up as five million to them. And 
for a player that you've picked up from the non-league, that's, that's a that's a brilliant deal, isn't it? No, it's not the sort of deal that they managed to get for like Ivan Tony or someone of someone of that quality. But strikers cost money, and that that is what it's at. And unless like Jack Taylor, I, I think Dara said if he played in that the way he did for the second half of the season under Darren Ferguson, he could have got twenty goals last season. Yeah, there's probably an exaggeration there. But if you're a midfielder that's getting fifteen goals and five or six assists of season, you get 20 goal contributions, you are going to be worth mega money. So if we find a way of playing him in, in a role which can see him popping up and scoring a lot of goals, then yeah, he is going to be a player that becomes very valuable to us and because of that becomes very valuable to Peterborough further down the line. But if every, if everyone's happy with the deal, I assume we are, he's, he is or he's putting on that face to his fans, then yeah, brilliant. So... We're talking about these um, sort of young... I mean, he doesn't quite make the the mould of, say, the other three I've mentioned, Davis, Broadhead and Clark. Where he's Broadhead, isn't he? But, but Joe, I was going to say, in respects of big club academy, that, you know, that background that they seem to have gone for, he's sort of worked his way through, Taylor. Um, do you see more signings like this, you know, around the one to... Two million, or I don't know, three quarters of a million, you know, to one and a half million, or what have you, um, in respects of building up the squad with those type of players. Or could you see a more expensive one uh, coming in the, you know, in that one point five to two point five, or even higher category? I guess it's just a, it's a risk, isn't it? There's a there's a risk level because it's not just the transfer fee. The wages are going to be commensurate to the transfer fee. If you sign someone for one and a half million pounds, then you're probably going to be paying them ten grand a week. If you sign someone for three and a half million pounds, you're probably looking at twenty twenty five grand a week. So those deals become huge huge risks, really, don't they? On, on that side, but I, it's just if we if we want a striker of a similar quality to Leif Davis, Harry Clark, Nathan Broadhead, Jack Taylor, now. The fees are going to be bigger, aren't they? And and we do need at least one striker. There's probably an argument that we need two strikers, and that you could be after both George Hurst and Ellis Sims. And if you do that, the fees are going to be. You're probably going to spend four million for the pair of those if you were looking at those, aren't you? And if, if you're doing that, so I, I do think this won't be the biggest fear of the summer. I think a strike will be the biggest fear of the summer, unless something sort of has gone wrong, and we end up having to go into the loan market at the end of the window. Yeah, I think one of the strikers possibly will be alone anyway, won't it, in terms of splitting up that risk, like you say. And we mentioned it on the pod um, at the weekend, Joe, about a, a centre-back um, as well. And, you know, that that could be a similar amount of um, amount of money yeah, as well. A but big, big left-footed centre-back with championship please. experience, you're in that. You're going you're gonna to be a big fee, aren't you? I did see a very good big centre back wearing an Ipswich shirt at um, Glastonbury on Twitter, um, who's left footed as well. But um, I think, yeah, maybe we may be a few years away from uh, away from that. Um, but generally speaking, Joe, I think um, I think I really like the deal. Um, I think it shows good ambition. I like the idea of, like you say, hanging on to a target, whatever league you're in, and you know sticking at it and um i like the profile of the player so a really good start to the summer window would you agree yep yeah probably a predictable start to the summer window but yeah very good, can be good. La- landing long-term targets is never a bad thing absolutely not um guys let us know what you think if you're watching here on youtube down in the comments um did you agree with me and joe do you think it's a good deal i think we're happy with it let us know if you've got any any doubts about it we always love to hear um, both sides of the argument. Well, there, do 
hit like. If you're listening on um, the podcast feed, you can let us know your thoughts via Twitter. Or you could discuss directly with Mr. Joe Fares. Um, you can get straight to his phone via our Telegram group, Joe. Yes, the ITFC transfer chat is um, lit, <laughs> as the kids would say, this time of year. But no, it's, 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 a really, it's a really good place to maybe have some of the BS filtered out from Twitter. Like Obviously, there are still Twitter links and things discussed in there, but generally they've somebody's taking the actual time to think, is this worth thinking about and putting it in there as opposed to just having enough thrown at the wall to see if anything sticks. So no, there's some good chat in there talking about squad sizes today, all the, all the exciting stuff. <laughs> this is what we do in the Telegram chat, but it's a great way of um, supporting the pod. You can get a two-week free trial. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can also go to the merch store. And I think we'd all admit I look very um, fetching, handsome, sharp, whatever you like in my Blue Monday t-shirt today. Anyway, I'll stop the um, corporate nonsense. And um, what we really want is your opinion on the signing of Jack Taylor in from Peterborough to Ipswich. Hopefully not the first name in of the summer, but an exciting, um, if predictably good, as Joe points out. Start. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And hopefully we'll see you all very soon with more arrivals to talk about. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there, offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.